heart of Wellington, Kansas, Powder and String Outfitters is your down-home, one-stop shop for all things shooting sports and outdoors. Welcome to the Powder and String Podcast. I would like to welcome everybody back to the Powder and String podcast. I am uh, in the studio today with uh, James Gene. You are a uh, a trick sh- trick shot extraordinaire. Um, I'm in the Powder and String podcast. And James, where are you at? I'm in uh, Carrollton, Georgia. It's West Georgia, kind of close to the Alabama line. Yeah. So we're we're remote together, and I greatly appreciate you coming on here. But for those uh, for those listeners out there that are joining us that that uh, don't know about your skills, um, which are it's just amazing. I mean, I've watched. I, my wife actually was was flipping through some TikToks or reels or something, whatever the shorts, whatever the whatever the terminology is today <laughs> for those. But uh, she's like, check this check this dude out. And uh, it's pretty pretty impressive. But for those that 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 may not know or may not have uh, you know seen your skills, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you got going on? Well, uh, basically, I just enjoy getting outside and doing trick shots, uh, mostly archery, but you know, it could be with a BB gun, could be with you know other stuff, uh, slingshot, at atlatls, um, just shepherd slings. I just like going out and trying hard stuff and seeing if I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 the majority of your videos that I've seen are, are definitely, uh, archery, but you know, you've be, Daisy BB guns, you've got slingshots. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Oh yeah. I like to keep everything fresh and it's, it's kind of neat. Just, uh, a lot of times it's not really about how good you are. It's about just figuring out how to do the shot. And then you can pretty much do it with any, any other thing that, you know, shoots semi-consistent. So how did you get into, to doing this? Because it's impressive. It's, I mean, I've been shooting my whole life and there ain't no way I could do what you're doing. Uh, I don't know. You'll be surprised, but basically it's uh probably close to 13 years ago, 2010, I, uh, was reintroduced into archery and I kind of just fell in love with it, fell, fell in love with bow hunting and I was shooting every day. And it just got to the point where like, I'm just the type of person that just over overly obsessed about something when I get into it. And I was, you know, shooting a lot and then just kind of got to the point where I got bored and, uh, I started making different targets, you know, like zip lines and stuff like that. And it just kind of evolved in, to these, you know, moving targets and curving arrows. It just slowly evolved into this thing, you know, years later. And I just kept doing it and, you know, kept trying new things and kept, you know, up in the ante on stuff. I mean, you're up in the ante. It's, it's crazy. Um, you're doing, I mean, you know, in the archery world, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, Robin Hood and Arrow. You're, you're, you're multiplying that and then some. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, uh, it's fun. You know, it's it's kind of, yeah. I just like to try different things. Whether it's like like I try to you know mix things up. You know, not exactly try to copy. You know, the the Robin Hood shot, but just try to add to it. You know, either like through a swinging ring or whether it's 
you know, going away or coming at me or, I know, just stuff like that. Uh, I just kind of, I know, I like to, I'll sit on the tractor and, you know, bush hog or whatever, and I just think of different ideas to try out. So when you're when you're coming up with these trick shots, I mean, like you're talking about, like I said, you know, just simply Robin Hood and Robin Hooding an arrow, you know, shooting the arrow inside the inside of another arrow. I mean, that alone is is difficult. And I mean, for anybody that shot archery for any extended period of time or whatever, I mean, we've all done it. But I would be absolutely one hundred percent straight up lying to you if I told you that I go out and I, uh, you know shoot and and try to do that when it's happened to me the you know half dozen times it's always just kind of been on accident now i've had you know i especially when i'm practicing with broadheads i don't shoot the same spot because i'll shoot the fletchings off you know we all have that but to robin hood and arrow is is difficult especially if you're trying to do it but then you're adding elements to that i mean you're throwing the the old circus or carnival you know swinging ring i saw one the other day that you shot the arrow through the ring into the into the robin hood oh yeah it's a it's neat and i don't know just the way my mind works it's almost easier that way than to just aim at a stationary target like i don't know what it is it just tricks my head into focusing more i don't know it's it's weird how that works so you're you, 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 you know, the saying aim small, miss small. I mean, is that what you're doing in essence is you're, you're, you're aiming at a very, very minute thing. Yeah. That seems to help a lot. It's a, uh, you know, just by like, if I'm aiming at a regular target face, I don't group as near as good as I put something like an aspirin in front of it. Like then the, I don't know, it just tricks my eyes or something where I just make my groups, you know, considerably smaller and uh, where I almost hit it or hit it, you know, most of the time. So when you're doing that, I mean, how many, for the naysayers that are out there, they're going to say, yeah. well, how many shots did he have to take? Or how many, how many, you know, how many recordings or how many shots did he take? How long mm-hmm. does it take you to, to do, to accomplish one of your trick shots? Oh, it just depends. Usually I try to do around 20 shots. Usually with the instinctive archery and shooting a bow, you can't really sh- shoot a whole bunch. You just start throwing Hail Marys and you're, you're just, you know, you're shooting sloppy. So I try to do it in the least amount of shots possible. Um, I forgot what the swinging ring was. Uh, there was, it was like under a, 10. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it was like a green. Now, now here's the other question I had when I was watching it. How do you keep, how did you keep the, the ring took from spinning or twisting? Oh, you just, you can't, you just wait till it stops, <laughs> stop spinning and then go for it. So you're just, and then if it doesn't twist and spin right, then you got to go back and set the shot up. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy impressive. And so then, how did it start? I mean, like you you kind of touched base on that a little bit, but like when did you start? You so you started in archery, I'm assuming. But I've noticed, and again, you know, with videos, you don't know when one was released or when one was you know, the chronological order, you can kind of look at the, the time that it was released, but that doesn't necessarily mean if it's shared again or whatever, you know? Yeah. So when did you, you know, I saw one recently where you're, you, you took a Daisy BB gun and, and you kind of hit as well with the, something has to be repetitive. We all grew up shooting Daisy BB guns, but they're not mm-hmm. exactly consistent. So, yeah. so how did you, you know, how did you transition from that to slingshots and stuff? 
I mean, I, I just, you know, growing up, I always had, you know, bow slingshots and Daisy BB guns and stuff like that growing up. And I just, you know, it wasn't, it's kind of an accident. I just kind of, I seen one laying on the side of the bar and I just started playing with it. I was like, ah, I'll, you know, try to shoot some stuff with it. And, uh, we had a, we like, um, I got, I got kids and then, um, my sister got kids and everybody. So they all had different BB guns. And that, I, and the thing with the daisies is you probably have to get about five or six and then you'll find one that shoots pretty darn good. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, I just got one and it's probably the best group in one I had so far. It's like, it's almost same holes that, you know, you know, 15 feet or something. You get really close, really accurate with it. And it makes things a whole lot easier that way. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, just playing around. I just always enjoyed something that, you know, shoots a projectile. And, uh, you know, I was into sporting clays a lot and it just got to the point where I couldn't really afford ammo and, you know, bows and arrows. I could always go pick up and reshoot the arrows. Yeah. So, so you're, you're taking this, this BB gun and you're just like, all right, well now I'm going to go see if I can hit a clay pigeon with a BB gun. And, and again, for the listeners that haven't seen the videos, we're not talking about a clay pigeon sitting on a, a, on a shelf. We're talking about a clay pigeon that's thrown. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat. It's I mean, I don't know. A lot of people haven't tried it, but it's pretty. I know for me, it's like shooting stuff with a BB gun and a slingshot. Most of the time, it's easier than shooting it with a bow. I felt like it. I mean, I put less time in, into them things than I do in bow. Like I, and uh, I know it just seems like once you get the like a BB gun, it's it's really similar to a shotgun when it comes to moving targets. You just kind of shoot the same. You can you could see the BB and you know how to correct. And then you can get into a groove where you can hit a bunch, you know, multiples in a row or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I can, I, from shooting a Daisy BB gun, the, the, the BB's going slow enough that you can see it with the naked eye most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I can see what you're, you know, where you're talking about that for sure. Um, what? T- tell us a little bit about where, you know, going backing up to where, how did you get into even grabbing bows and, and, and archery and shooting and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Um well, I just always grew up in the outdoors. Like my dad's a huge hunter, huge fisherman. He, uh, he's, uh, he's older. I mean, he's almost, well, he's 77 now, but he's always grew up, you know, had deer dogs and stuff in Florida. And, um, you know, he's been on safari and all that stuff. So whenever I, I was born, I, I mean, I, I was all into it, you know, I'd always go hunting with him and, and, uh, he, Unfortunately, he messed up his shoulder a long time ago, so he's never been able to shoot a bow, but you'd have a crossbow back when you just have permits and stuff uh, to hunt. And, uh, you know, I'd get a little bow and, you know, always had that little, like a, I guess it'd be similar to a bear wizard now, the little fiberglass bow whenever I was a kid and uh, always shot that. But I didn't really fall in love and fall in love with it until I, until I got one as a graduation present and I started actually like bow hunting a lot with it and then you know, got my first buck and then I was hooked. How old were you at when you got your first bow? Um, when I got, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't remember. I had, you know, little fiberglass bows and a little compound bow back, you know, as early as I don't know, four or five, but I didn't get like, I kind of just lost touch with it until after I graduated high school. Um, so you get you get your bow. You're four years old. So from there, obviously, it sounds like your dad's a heck of a of a hunter and avid outdoorsman and stuff like that. I mean, were you 
like a lot of us, I mean, were you just immediately hooked on hunting? Um, not immediate. Well, I like, I enjoyed it as a kid and then I, I enjoyed bird hunting and I, and I really loved fishing and, uh, deer hunting. I, I didn't have, I'd go, but I didn't have as much patience as I used to. <laughs> like I, as a little kid, it just feels like a few hours, you know, freezing cold. It's just, it was just miserable for me. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it as a kid going with my dad. And then is to the point where, you know, I was kind of hunting on my own and I was kind of felt miserable, but towards the end, like, I know something about that bow hunting. It just made things exciting for me. And I'm, I still, you know, I still gun hunt to this day, but it's not the same feeling. It's like, I, you know, whenever I bring a gun, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to get does. I'm trying to get meat in the freezer. And, uh, with a bow, it's just, I don't know, I just not even drawing back, just having something walk by, you know, 20 yards away and, you know, gives me doe fever, buck fever, whatever. It's just, it just kind of made things more exciting for me. Man, I can totally relate to that because as I, you know, when I was younger, you know, it was, it was definitely more, and I don't even know if the right word to say is about the, you know, the harvest of the animal, the kill, but I always, you know, I enjoy, you know, having the meat in the freezer and all of that. But as I've gotten older, that that experience of getting into that animal's kitchen is the best you know i i get that yeah. that you know you're just talking about it right there i just got goosebumps of you know having that deer right underneath you or within 20 or 30 yards and you're not supposed to be able to get that close to it and you're just you know for whatever whatever the right term is just to spook them or i mean excuse me to trick them or to you know to to whatever, but you've, you've overcome their senses and to be sitting there, especially, I lo- I mean, I really get that with ground, ground blind or even spot and stock. Um, yeah. and I'd, I'd be lying again if I said that I was really good at spot and stock. I've tried it a ton and, um, I've, I've been successful, um, one time, but I've had other opportunities where I probably could have been successful, but I didn't it wasn't the the animal that I wanted to harvest necessarily, but I'm with you on that as, as I've gotten older, that just that feeling of just getting out in the woods and knowing that, you know, it's, I've got a, a, a bow here and you got to get that animal close. To, oh yeah. I got to get it closer than what you got to get it clearly. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I mean, I still, with a recurve, I, I feel like you still have to get it really close no matter what. It's a, uh, it don't matter sometimes how good you shoot it's a matter if the air if the animal's still there when the arrow gets there you know that's true so i just recently um within the last month got my first recurve and i say my first recurve my first serious recurve you know as a kind of like we talk about as a kid i had a little recurve and you know i've messed around with recurves here and there but i i got a um fred eichler and some you know serious arrows and i've been shooting in the backyard and um I'm taking it, I'm taking it serious. And, you know, I've already had the conversation with, um, my son-in-law Blake and, you know, are you going to take your recurve only out or are you going to take your cross? I mean, your, uh, your, uh, compound and, you know, your recurve in case you see that, you know, 185 deer out there. And I would tell you today, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a two bow guy. Um, yeah. we still got four or five months before season or wait, no, we only got three months, three months before season. But it's it's a different deal when you're you know trend, when you go from a rifle hunter to a to a bow hunter. Oh yeah, it's uh 
Yeah, I was a two bow guy for a while, but I never ended up picking the recurve for some reason. <laughs> you didn't? Um, yeah, no, nah, I could never. Yeah, I never. Well, every time I did it, it's never the right situation where I could pick up both. So, do you? I mean, do you still hunt today, or is it just maybe yes. trick, trick shots? Uh, l- you know, a little less. Um, I still do it from time to time. Mostly, I just go out with my son. And we go, you know, try a doe hunt or something most of the time. A um, little bit of bow hunting here and there, but the uh, the way I'm set up is uh, we're we're a lot of woods and a lot of open field kind of. So it's not really you don't have a really good situation where you you're uh like a lot of the a lot of the bow hunting shots are pretty you know forty forty plus yards usually, mm-hmm. um where it's never I can never quite get them in that close range most of the time and most of the hunting setups i do now during the rut sometimes i'll go and we got you know we got about 200 acres in swamp and i'll go in the swamp and i like to just i'll get a ground stool and kind of get get in a fallen tree or something and then that's when it kind of gets interesting but it's still uh you still it's still you know they could walk by you or they could not you know and uh i haven't haven't had that chance yet had it with you know coyote and stuff like that but so far deer now. Right. Um, so you're, how, how old is your son? He's eight. Eight. So he's just getting to that age where, where he's, you know, kind of getting into it and excited and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's super exciting from a parent standpoint to, oh, yeah. to, to, to incorporate that and introduce him and all that stuff. Um, I just had, um, we just celebrated this last weekend. My, my um, grandson, I have a grandson and a granddaughter, um, and he's uh, one. So we just celebrated his one year, first year. So awesome. I'm totally looking forward to getting him out in the woods and, and uh, my granddaughter as well. She, they're both pretty, pretty dang cool to have, have grandkids. But the, uh, the excitement of bringing them out is something I'm definitely looking forward to for sure. So with regards to your, your, you know, staying with your hunting and stuff like that, is that, do you just mainly stay around your house there and, and, and home, or do you actually travel um, and go on hunts abroad or um, even in, throughout the country? Now, nowadays I do um, around like uh, when I, whenever I was growing up, I, I, I was into skateboarding and then filming and video and uh, towards, you know, after, you know, I got into archery and all that stuff, I started filming my own hunts and uh, started filming for outdoor shows filming mm-hmm. and producing outdoor shows uh, around 2013. And before that, I went to Zimbabwe and spent six months there filming, you know, big game hunts and stuff like that. So whenever I was filming, I was doing a lot of traveling and a lot of hunting here and there. And uh, I used to work with a show called Trophy Quest. He he was uh, trying to go after like the, the what's it called the most of the North American species with 30-30 and stuff. And then we'll go to Africa and stuff too. But he let me hunt on the show and stuff and do the trick shots on the show as well. And um, I'd, whenever I was with that show a lot, I'd go out and, you know, I'd uh, hunt most of the time. So the the trophy quest with the 30-30, that's, is that similar to the, the Super Slam? Yeah, Super Slam. That's what yeah. I was trying to say. Yeah, so the super slam, but doing it with a thirty thirty as opposed to like with a, a bow. Yeah, yeah, and that that alone, I mean, regardless of what you're going to hunt it with, just the feat of doing it is mm-hmm. a, that's an undertaking, and um, 
time consuming and uh, and financially there's a lot of yeah once you get to the goats it gets pretty steep man and the sheep yeah it's yeah those are those are quite pricey i think i heard somebody sometimes say that if you if a person tried to to start that today that it would be in well into the six figures oh yeah to 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 get that done and and it would take you many, many years and you'd have to have a lot of free time and independently wealthy to, to accomplish that today, I think. Yep. Yep. So we, he haven't quite completed it yet. He, he, he got to the sheep. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, that's where it kind of came to a halt there. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's, I, I can't even imagine trying to, to accomplish that. And, and then to think of, you know, guys that have done it with <laughs> more than once, oh, it's yeah. absolutely uh, crazy. So, so then, so back to your, your trick shots and stuff like that. I mean, you, 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 it sounds like you've been doing them for a long time. I mean, you, and you've, you, you haven't just started into the, the social media and, and filming and platform and stuff like that. You were, you were doing this before with, with skateboarding. Uh, yeah, it's a, I think I posted my first trick shot video in around 2011, I believe. And, uh, kind of took a break from the TV show. I'd like to do, you know, the, the hunting shows and stuff like that, producing that and doing stuff for them. And then I think around 2017, I could just from when I started filming to now, I mean, till, till about 2017, I could, I seen a big drop in TV where I seen a lot of things going towards social media. And, uh, that's about 2000, like late 2017. That's when I started doing the, the social media stuff. Yeah. And you're the, the, the content that you're putting out now, I mean, I, th- I think I looked the other, um, this weekend and how many, how many people do you have on all your different social media sites and stuff like that that are following you? Uh, probably over a million, I say. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you're probably, you know, with your age, you, you kind of grew up with having that type of, you know, internet and access to the phone and the social media and stuff. I mean, it was, it was more readily available at a younger age. And so you're more keen to that. And so mm-hmm. you've really been able to, to follow it and see it and, 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 uh, tap into that, so to say. And then obviously with your skill set, it's just, it's, it, you've taken it to another level. Yeah. I seen, I, yeah, I kind of seen it like, uh, luckily, you know, I, I done the, the filming, the skateboarding that kind of got me into, you know, the filming the hunts and stuff, but I just kind of, I seen it. I was like, man, I got everything I need to, to do one of these. Why not, you know, why not just start? And then at first it's all like at first that Instagram page used to be like James Jean outdoors. And I used to just have all my hunts filmed and all that stuff. And then at first I started filming the, the hunting and the fishing and the trick shots. And then I realized the trick shots are doing way better than the fishing and hunting. And I have to work way less hard. Like it takes me, uh, it took me that time to do a trick shot where it might take me days to, you know, have a successful hunt or weeks or, you know, or I can go out fishing and not catch anything, you know? Right. So you're, I mean, it was just a natural progression. Yeah. And so how many, you know, it's, a, uh, I'm assuming this is your, this is your career. You, you, not, <laughs> no, not, uh, I, I came close a few times. It's just, uh, just the way it, you can, it's hard to make a living just on, you know, views and following and stuff like that. It's a, uh, you know, luckily I have sponsors like Baird and, and uh, Black Rifle to help me out, but it's, um, 
you know, most, most of what I get is I put back into, you know, increasing the quality of the videos, whether, you know, be upgrading cameras or, or adding new angles or, you know, getting, making more machines and different throwers and stuff like that for these shots. But uh, I work on a farm and then I still do freelance video and editing for folks and stuff like that too. Yeah. And that's something, I mean, alone for, for people that are, you know, watching your videos, they don't, it, there's a large expense in putting out the quality of shots that you're putting out. I mean, um, I know from just our experience of, of, you know, putting our podcast together and getting it, you know, to the point where here you and I are talking, um, and even the listeners, they didn't even, they weren't part of, we got started about 10 minutes late because we were having a little issue with, you know, our technology and we have, you know, the best of the best, um, mm-hmm. with regards to the equipment, but things can malfunction and things can go wrong. Um, I know how expensive the cameras are that we use those, those cameras that you use that are getting, you know, high speed. I can't even imagine the cost associated with those. Yeah. It's a, uh, it definitely racks up. It's just like, yeah, anything I get, I usually try to put in just like, uh, you know, this is kind of my next project is trying to get a, a podcast going here soon. And I'm, I, I made this kind of background and yeah. I got cameras and stuff and I got three mics and all kinds of recorders. I just need to build some more walls. So it's going to be more of a me and another guy kind of doing, kind of running things and you know trying to try to provide more content and and uh this year's definitely been a tough year compared like for all the rain and the wind we had uh so i'm just trying to figure out like another outlet where i could still you know maybe give like a little insight to some of these trick shots and just kind of introduce some of the people i met over the years you know doing shows and stuff like that yeah i think that would be really cool because the insight, I mean, that's the intrigue for, at least for me is just seeing, you know, somebody who I've, I've, I've been, I've had a bow, I've hunted with a bow, um, until we started this, uh, gun shop. Um, I had only shot one large animal with a rifle ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely an archery guy. Um, but there's a lot of intrigue with seeing that. I mean, what you're, you know, the, the content that you're putting out, it's just, it's, it's remarkable. It's awesome. It's really, really impressive. And so, you know, here we are so much so that we're sitting here talking and, and I'm picking your brain on how did you do that? And I'm, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like you're playing it down quite a bit because I know how difficult it is to shoot just to just, I mean, I'm getting into a recurve for the first time. <laughs> that alone is difficult. I started at 10 yards and my wife came out, you know, she was looking in the backyard and, and I've got a range that'll go up to, I can shoot up to about a hundred, a little over a hundred yards and I'm at 10 yards wow. shooting the recurve. And she's like, what are you doing? And <laughs> she knew that something was, was different, you know, and I was like, well, this yeah. is a different deal. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely different than a compound, but it's almost, it's, I don't know, it kind of, it's more carefree. It's more relaxing. I feel like it's, uh, you don't think about it as much if you're trying to do it more instinctive. And, um, uh, so I see, I see more and more people, you know, kind of putting down the compound more and picking up the recurve nowadays. Um, even just some local guys at the bow shop, they started shooting recurves now. I would agree with you that. I mean, I've seen, you know, again, being in the, the archery world, in some capacity for, you know, over 40 years, over 30 years. Um, it's, you see, a, there's a lot more of it out there. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely growing. And, and I mean, I'm here, I am, I'm part of that statistic. It's, it's definitely really cool. And, and you also see, even though it's still just a, a stick and a string, if you really want to get down to it, 
the technology is out, you know, that's being put into it. Um, the, the equipment's getting better. And uh, I think as the popularity continues to grow, it'll just, it'll just continue to grow with that. Oh yeah. But so with regards to the bow that you're shooting for your trick shots, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about what, what it is that you're, what your setup is? Um, so I'm basically using the, the bear, um, bear archery takedown, like the mag takedowns. Um, I'll, I'll use the, I got, I'm using mostly three right now. And it's the, I got two of the, the mag takedowns and then the Fred Ackler one too. And mm-hmm. then I go between, uh, 40 to 60 pounds. Well, I got 140, 150, 160. And lately I've been using mostly the 50, but it just depends on what shots I use. Um, usually with the 40 lately, I'll do, um, more like other shots, like behind the back and stuff like that. A little bit lighter bow, a little bit easier to pull back and, you know, trying to keep these shoulders, uh, going. So, and then I'll use 50 most of the time and then 60 for other shots. It just seems like, uh, I enjoy shooting the 40 more, but it seems like with some of these fast moving targets, a little more forgiving using a faster bow, you a little less to think about, a little less arrow drop and stuff like that for some of these shots. <clears throat> it tends, tends to make things easier that way. So that's, that's interesting that you, you talk about, you know, your different poundage that you're, you're using um, I'm assuming you're, you're just using the different, uh, you've got the different limbs. Yes. Yeah. That you're using that because, um, we had Tom Clum on and I got set up or in, in a podcast before and I got set up with, uh, Dylan and I were, were talking about this and I can't remember if there was 40 pounds or 40, 45 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually heavily considering getting a lighter set of limbs so that way I can, you know, practice and start working on my fundamentals and then going from there. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I do enjoy shooting lighter bows. Um, it's yeah. I, I forgot when I think I was, I, it might've been on the bear podcast. I heard, uh, Fred Ackler say he, he, he shoots 40s, I think for mm-hmm. everything he shoots. And, uh, you know, some people tend to go, a lot of people from the compound, they want to get like a 60 or 70 pound bow and that's uh recurve. And it's just, it's a, it's not fun to shoot that heavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, with my compound, I'm in the, I'm in the upper sixty pounds is where I'm, yeah, I'm pulling back. Thing. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't actually, you know, checked it. I don't even know. It's been a long time, but I just pull what feels natural and then go from there. I, you know, work on my setup. But, um, yeah, when I was picking out my my limbs, I was like, really, just forty? Like I, I feel like I can you know, I know I can pull back more than that, but after you get it and you realize, you know, you hold that back for three to five seconds, it's, it's a lot. And, and that kind of, you know, just, just talking that through right there on that last sentence kind of comes back full circle to what you were talking about with regards to, you know, how many shots you can only, you can only, you can only try so many attempts on it before your shoulders and your arms and your, everything else starts giving away. And then, and then you got to, Pause Your shots get worse and worse. So yeah, yeah, that's why you try to do everything and kind of, and I, and I, I set up things like, I don't really try to, whenever I'm setting up a shot, I'm not going to, I don't try to use a set yardage. I just shoot. Hey, Hey, I'm, I'm group. Like I'm shooting really good at this distance. I'm just going to pick at this distance. Everything seems to work out. You know, it's a uh, kind of not fighting against the shot, but try to, you know, work with the shot to, in order to get these things. And, uh, it's pretty, once you, it takes a little while to get it all figured out, but yeah, the last thing you want to do 
is uh, just start throwing Hail Marys and just shooting, hoping something will land. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what you, in order to achieve to, in order not not in any way discounting you, but in order to achieve yeah. what you're getting, the product that you're getting, you have to do that. I mean, the stuff oh, that yeah. you're the stuff you're doing is just it's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's something I just learned. You know, I, doing uh, talent shows, um, where you kind of had to just be on no matter what, like, uh, even when it's, you know, they won't let you warm up sometimes and you just have to go out there and just shoot cold and hope for the best. And, uh, that really taught me a lot on how to set up these shots to for the, you know, most likely for success. So where do you come up with the, I mean, do you just, how do you come up with a new shot? Sometimes, I mean, that's all I think about really. I just, I'm either, you know, when I'm working on the tractor or whatever, I'm just, or even when I'm hunting, sometimes I'll just sit there and think of a new shot and I'll, uh, you know, put it down on my phone. Yeah. You're always taking notes. That's, I mean, yeah, I'll usually forget if I don't. I used to have a notebook I used to carry around, but now I just use my phone. Yeah. I'm the same way. If, <laughs> if I don't write something down, man, I forget it. And, and now we have a notebook, as you say, that we all carry with us. If you, yep. you know, and it can be a tool, but it can also be a distraction for sure. But, oh, yeah. It, um, it, it's, it's, it's what you make of it and it's what you use it for, for sure. Mm. Have you, do you, do you do anything with regards to your, your fishing? Have you done any, any bow fishing? Oh, I love it. Um, I haven't been lately. Well, it's been a few years. Um, I used to go, me and a buddy used to go a lot and, uh, yeah, it's, we we used to it was back before LED lights. We'd had I'd get Home Depot work lights, and we had a stinking two hundred pound generator and a John boat with no trailer. And we had to put that in the back of the truck and then unload everything and then and uh, go out there and bow fish. But it's a lot of fun, and you know I, I really enjoyed that. I really miss it. I even I remember one show we did uh, the went to uh, Peoria, Illinois, and did the the flying carp. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed that too. You that was should. a lot of fun. There's a new trick shot right there. You yep. should do the flying carp with your, as they fly through the air, you, you can hit them with your, with one of your trick shots. Yeah. That's a, if I, if I was to go back last time I did, it was like 2014, but it was a lot of fun. Like, uh, I brought recurves up there and we did it all recurves and is is pretty neat. And that was, so do you, you've already right. done that? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I, <laughs> I have I, not seen that one. Yeah. It was a long time ago. It's, it's a, I didn't even, feel, I mean, it's back for a TV show. And, um, uh, if I'd go back, I'd try different stuff with it. I'll try like, you know, behind the back or something like that. And, uh, and then I'll do that. And then, um, I don't, I've, I've shot a, I got a few videos of me hitting quail, but I don't post online. I had a friend, pheasant. I had a friend who, it was a recurve. Um, I used to live in Arizona and, um, I mean, we're talking, this would have been, oh, probably early, early to, well, probably mid 2006, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was, he lived up, so I lived in the Valley in Phoenix and he lived up in the mountains and, um, he was a, you know, hunter and all this stuff. And so we kind of hit it off, talked quite a bit. And he, um, he said, yeah, I bow hunt, you know? Well, he bow hunted with a recurve and mm-hmm. as you, you know, as we've already kind of talked about on here, you know, recurve, especially back then was not nearly as, as popular. 
And so he told a story. And when I say he was a hunter, he was a big time hunter. Um, he actually guided as well. And, um, he said, yeah, I, you know, I showed up to, a, you know, an elk camp and here I come up with my recurve and all these guys are, you know, like, oh, wow, this old timer, you know, whatever. And, you know, making, making their, you know, their, their opinions, if you will. And he said, um, they went out to, you know, practice and make sure anything was sighted in. And, and he was, um, having them throw golf balls in the air and he was hitting golf balls, you know, in yeah. the air. And I'm like, you know, they were like, oh, okay, well, you're obviously, you know, <laughs> you're good enough, you know, so to say as if he, as if he needed that. But, um, it's, you know, they've been around, the recurves have definitely been around, but I mean, that's what they, that's how it all started. But you guys make it look like it's easy. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely the like the good thing about, you know, whenever I started social media, I've been doing it for years before. So they kind of, I kind of just jumped right into it, but yeah, it would have been neat to film more of the learning process of more of the getting used to it. And I still battle with different stuff every day. You know, I'm still trying to switch things up or, um, sometimes it'll be a while before I get back to old trick shot or similar, you know, I might shoot still targets for a while or, and then go to moving targets, or I might go into more a reaction based target or something like that. And it's kind of almost like relearning sometimes how to do it again. So are you, do you, um, do you shoot pistol rifle long range, anything? Um, I have nothing, seriously, nothing. Um, just for fun. Yeah. Just for fun here and there. Yeah. Do you, do you have any other things that you, you do for fun? I mean, like, is this all consuming uh, with your free time? I mean, obviously you got a full-time job, kids. Yeah. Um, most of the time, I mean, I like to, I mean, I, I still like to hunt and fish. I, you know, I take my son to the ball games whenever it's in season and, uh, I, I enjoy looking for airheads. We got a lot of airheads on the farm. Um, I don't know. I enjoy building stuff, you know, um, that's, that's most of my hobbies. I try to stay away from the other ones. I know sometimes I get so addicted to something. It'll just consume all my other time. <laughs> yeah. You, you sound, it sounds like you're a lot like, like my son in law Blake, he's very talented with a bow, but you know, growing up, he was extremely talented in BMX. He was extremely talented mm-hmm. wrestling, just whatever he grabs, it gets into it and just, it's all consuming. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I try to stay away from video games and stuff like that. If I get a video game, I'll stay on there for weeks at a time or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can relate to that too. I've, I've personally quit. I just quit playing them completely like yeah, years and years what, ago. That's what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just, I get in it. And next thing you know, it's six, eight hours later. I'm like, where did that time go? Like, and I don't yeah. get that back. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, definitely can relate to that. How many hours would you say a week you shoot? So I, the weekends I usually, um, save for the family. So it's usually in the weekdays before work. So I'll go in the mornings and try to shoot. I try to set up, film, shoot, you know, within the hour, hour and a half. And I'll, I'll try to get there right when it's breaking day and try to set up a shot or whatever. It, it, so I'll at the most five hours, but sometimes I'll take them days and build something for the, you know, the next shot or, or, uh, might be windy or something. So I'll try to work on something towards that shot if I'm not, or, uh, yeah, if it's too dark, like the slow-mo cameras need a lot of light. So if it's too cloudy and dark and I'll just go, you know, lately I've been ha- practicing still targets, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to try to get better at that. Yeah. Because I mean, as you kind of have touched on in here, you got to have the right light, 
the right wind. Oh yeah. You can't have rain. It's yeah, it's a, uh, it's rough. It's like the wind's been killing me lately. It just makes everything so much harder. So some things I, you know, like the curving shots make it a lot harder, like shooting arrows up in the air and try to split them makes things a lot harder to keep it in frame. Um, it just, wind just makes everything more difficult and so unpredictable sometimes. So the ones that the, the shots where you're, you're seeing like the, the, um, Daisy BB gun where you're shooting the clay pigeon or even mm-hmm. your arrows, is that a drone that's up that you have in the air? No, that one took, I, I did, I set a weekend aside and it took like, I think for, to set up and break down, it's like three hours. I made a big wooden frame. Uh, I think a 12 by 12 wooden frame. And then I had a ladder to put cameras on top of it. And then the, it's like a big square. And then I had the, got the clay thrower to shoot through the square. And I just had the cameras up top and that's how I filmed it. Um, I do use drones, but, uh, I don't have a drone license at the time. So you gotta, Oh yeah. So they they watch for that, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So you're, so (laughs) you said something there right there that made me kind of, that made me laugh is, is that, not only are you having to to practice and make sure that you're able to hit something like a clay clay pigeon that's going through the air, but you're actually having to aim the clay pigeon thrower to where it's <laughs> it's shooting it's shooting accurately. In oh, yeah. order, I mean, that's that's the stuff that there's a ton that goes into what you're doing, and it just and it, right now. I mean, I'm just sitting here running through my mind, <laughs> you know. I can relate to trying to get content for, you know, for the, for hunting, you know, turkey hunting, you know, just, mm-hmm. we just had season here and it just ended, but you know, you're out there and trying to get content for that. I mean, it's, it's a very similar deal with yours, but man, I, n- I never, I guess, you know, I, I, I wondered what was the, how you got that shot. Cause it's a pretty impressive shot that you did that, but you, cause you've done that with a uh, BB gun, uh, yeah. slingshot, arrow the whole nine yards yeah so basically i yeah i just set that up basically how i did that i just i set that up and then went ahead and did like five bb gun shots five slingshots five recurve and then a couple of uh, compound shots and then i just stacked them clips up and you know sprinkle them out throughout you know uh i think i posted like two so far <laughs> and then i'll sprinkle them out you know further down the road yeah and that's a whole nother you know f- again as we're sitting here talking about you know, that's, that's why I made the assumption. I was like, it has to be a full-time job for you because getting content, you know, you have to have, you have to continue to have that, that, that drip, if you will. And so you're, you got to have stuff in the pipe because if you don't, the next thing you know, you're like, Oh, we don't have anything to to go with right now. And then you're playing catch up and then that really sucks. Yeah. That's how it's been. That's the, that's the biggest thing with this year with the weather so far. It's like, I usually, I'm usually, you know, months ahead, or lately I've been like trying to, you know, figure out stuff from two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah. And that, that alone. And then that, that becomes extremely challenging. Well, one thing I can tell you is you don't want to move to Kansas because oh yeah, the weather here, if you don't, if you don't like it, just wait 15 minutes. But usually we have, we've had an awesome spring, but usually we've got wind. Tons of wind. And cold too. Yeah. And it winter. gets cold. Yep. It gets cold. And then, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, um, it's going to get really, really hot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, where you, where you're at and, and what you're doing, you know, it's not like you can, you can shoot a, uh, you know, an arrow inside of a building to, to, to control the wind. Yeah. It's uh, I used, I had a, I have a barn and I, you know, this, these lights originally for 
indoor trick shots and it just seemed like uh the videos never performed as good as it did outdoors so that's yeah. the biggest thing there's a lot of trick shots that would have been way easier indoors um without wind so but yeah it, has, it seems like it performs better if i do it outdoors and yeah it's it's a it's a nightmare but luckily I, i'm in a good spot georgia where it's usually mild winters where i can shoot just basically year round the only thing it just gets super humid and hot during the summer um could be an issue like i have to put like the cameras cameras and phones will overheat you know with it before i even get started sometimes where i have to make a certain shade to go over the cameras and all that stuff yeah but you get so then you put the shade you you have the shade over the camera but you can't have it where it's affecting the light yeah man you there's a lot how many cameras do you usually have set up for a shot um at least two most of the time four sometimes six mm-hmm. and uh it's just it's it, it's funny it's like I'll, I'll i'll have cameras and then i'll you know have it in different angles and i'll do the shot and then uh you know pick try to pick the best angle for each shot and that's that's how i usually do it and then sometimes i'll use cameras I, sometimes i'll use a phone just to check and make sure how i'm shooting so you're um, and you're doing all this yourself yeah you, you do the setup you do the the shots you do the takedown you do the editing yep. all of it <laughs> Yeah, that is that is all in, all inclusive. That's a that's pretty time consuming, and and again, even more impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I, I got it. I got fairly down pat now, where I can get it. You know, have everything. You know, whenever I get home, I got my whole charging bay where it's just like a whole table with the chargers. I charge everything, put you know the bad batteries in, good batteries out. You know, get everything set up for the next day. Take it, take the footage the computer, log it in, get that thing set up. Try to you know edit a little bit after dinner after the kids go to bed and, you know, go to bed, I mean, go to bed and then wake up and do another shot before work. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that because we're in the same process with, you know, we started our very first um, podcast that we recorded. We started this in January and we were in this room, but this room had um, these mounts that you see behind here. One of our pro staffers, he was um, in the process of, is in the process of building a house. And so he, uh, remodeling his and adding on, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. And so he needed a spot to, to, to store them. And so he had, I'm going to say there's like 35 deer uh, mounts in here. And they're, I mean, very nice, you know, very nice deer. Well, that we had them just lined along the walls because we weren't mm-hmm. doing any video. So we were just doing audio. Well, those things worked perfect for sound. I mean, they're, you know, uh, you know, odd shaped, you know, animals, you yeah. know, and so they were just lined along the hole. And then we had, you know, we're, we're, a, you know, powder and string outfitters. So we're, you know, a gun shop, we got ammo, we got, so we got here, we got all kinds of boxes of, you know, this was kind of a backstock room. So we had, you know, tree stand boxes in here and stuff like that for merchandise. And so we just set up a little card table and sit around it and started, you know, just chewing the fat. Well, just for content, Dylan shot a couple of pictures and a couple of little short videos and then, the you know we put those on you know as teasers and you know my wife looked at it and she was like you you got to clean that room up and and she was right <laughs> yeah. so then we you know took started cleaning the room up well then we were chasing our tail with regards to sound because then all of a sudden here we got this you know square rooms we got echoes we got all that so we've really really been working and you know for the, the listeners and the viewers out there that jump on youtube and watch us you can see the progression of our room um to where we are today 
um, you know, over six months. And what you're exactly talking about, we're getting ready to to put the last pieces to the puzzle, which is kind of behind the scenes of adding yeah. adding um, a third and a fourth camera angle. And then also what you're kind of talking about with regards to shooting footage is is, is the the banks of chargers and all of that stuff. So now we have another room that's downstairs that we're kind of cornering off an area and we're going to start putting in where we can, you know, put all of our cameras in store them, but then also do the recording. I mean, excuse me, do the battery charging and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah. it's just, just to put something out. It's a big production. Oh yeah. It's a big deal. And you know, people don't realize it looks all clean right here, but back behind the camera, it's just a big mess, full lights and all that stuff. And yeah. it's just, that's another project I got to work on. I'm in a garage right now. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get some sound dampening stuff. I gotta put, you know, blankets and stuff like that around. Yeah, we can off off the when we get done here, we can tell you what we've done and kind of show you. Dylan, can you kick to the other camera angle? So there's our other camera angle, and that doesn't show quite everything, but we've got um, these corners. They're all sound deadened, and we've got these these um, sound deadening frames that we've put up and. Um, yeah. had this sign made and it's been, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a lot of, lot of work and it's, uh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't all come together. It's a, it's a ton of work. Oh yeah. It's a, yeah. The sign does look good. I was looking, I was admiring that earlier. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. I, I would tell you, I'd like to take credit for it. So that was our logo, um, our kind of our original logo, if you will. And so that, uh, I got a real good buddy of mine. He's um, John Thatcher. He's extremely artistic and talented, and he has a company that does kind of all kinds of stuff like that. And he, um, I told him, uh, well, he had done a couple of um, of signs. Um, I have a restaurant and bar as well, and he had done like a little, probably eighteen or twenty four by twenty four um, sign over there of our high school mascot. Um, the Crusaders, then he put it on there. It was kind of backlit and everything. And I was like, Hey, I need another sign, something like that. And I was kind of, kind of like your bear archery. I was like some, something for, for the backdrop. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I had envisioned. And he came in and he was like, well, what do you think about making it actually like four foot by four foot and using a, you know, a, like a big arrow and a big, you know, I'll make a big arrow and I'll make a big, you know, big gun. And I'm like, well, if you're going to go four foot, let's just use a real gun. So that's actually a, um, browning a5 and okay. we t- took all the parts out of it and everything so that way we could save it but actually mounted it to the board and and he 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 did all of that it's all done <laughs> at his shop and backlit and all of that stuff and when he brought it in i was like holy cow that thing is awesome so yeah it turned out great and we actually have another little project because one of the other things that we have is is that you know the our, our studio here is in the is in the shop and so um, you know, we've got a gunsmith and we've got engravers and we've got customers and we're kind of in the back, but as, as staff walk by or even customers go to, to, to talk to the engraver or to talk to the gunsmith, um, the doors here. And so we've had the door opened, you know, while we're, while we're recording. So I didn't want some kind of a, just a, a standard sign or standard, um, you know, on air type of a, of a, uh, sign put up. So we have him, we have him making it out of a, out of a 410 old wooden shell box and <laughs> some other old stuff. He's incorporating something so we can flip a switch, a little, a little switch and it'll have a light and it'll say, you know, that we're now recording. Awesome. So it's all coming together, but um, you know, the, the, we've got production lights and all kinds of stuff. And so um, it, it's a bunch. I mean, it's a lot, especially to put out good content. Yeah. Um, and that's, 
you know, there's so much for people to look for out there. And, you know, what, what's the, you know, eight seconds is the general time frame that somebody watches, but you only have three seconds to get their attention or something or keep their attention. Yeah. So obviously, you know, that, um, very well, oh, yeah. M- million, a million subscribers across all your stuff. So what are the, what are your, your social media? How do people reach out and and look you up if they haven't already done so? Um, just James Gene trick shots, J E A N. Um, you could, uh, and I'm pretty much on everything except Twitter. I'm not much of a Twitter guy. Yeah, we're on Twitter. Um, I don't know how that, I don't know. It's, we're kind of the same way. Um, it's yeah. the one that's the hardest to grow for sure, but I don't, when we started, that was when the whole transition to, to, uh, Elon was there and I was like, well, let's, you know, well, let's just see what happens Let's stay on it. Yeah. So, so we're on all of them as well. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a full-time job, uh, like I said, for sure. So hats off to you for, for what you've got going on. It's, it's, it's impressive for sure. Oh, thank you. Yep. It's, uh, it's definitely, yeah, you gotta do it cause you love it, you know? And, uh, I always enjoyed being outside and shooting, um, as far as the, the editing and the social media stuff is that's kind of, that's kind of down there on the, my list of stuff I like, but it's kind of part of the, part of the deal here. Well, and the fact that you've taken something that, I mean, if you're doing the editing and stuff for other people as well, you know, that you obviously enjoy that you're, you're good at it. It's, mm-hmm. it's evident. And so you're taking things that you enjoy and able to turn them into something that's, you know, a second job, if you will. And oh, at yeah. that point, it's not really a job because it's something that you enjoy. Oh yeah. That's how it- yeah, that's a that's the biggest problem in my life is uh, I always try to make a living doing something that I really enjoy, and it's not the it's not the quickest way to get rich, but it's a it's a really enjoyable. Um, it's it's I, I do love going even working on the farm. I do love going there every day, and I look forward to it a lot of times. And you know, bailing hay or whatever, or you know, just going to go shoot or you know, going on a hunt to go film somebody. It's always uh, it's always really enjoyable and always makes good stories and it's always usually a good time. And that's what it's all about. I mean, that we talk about that over and over and over here on the, on the podcast is, is that it's not the harvest of the animal. And a lot of times the harvest of the animal is when it's kind of a, of a, of a letdown because then it's all over, you Mm -hmm. know, it's the experience. It's the buildup to that. It's all of the stuff. I mean, actually just this uh, Saturday, Dylan and I hadn't talked for, like four or five days. And usually we talk at least once every other day, if not daily. And I called him on Saturday and, or no, it was Friday night. I think I called him. Yeah, it was Friday night. And I said, Hey, what are you doing? You know, I hadn't heard from you, whatever. He said, I think I'm going to go out tomorrow and put up tree stands and put out some cameras. And I, I was like, what, in the, what, what, why would you do that? It's hot. It's you know, ticks. And, but it's the experience it's going out right. and, and, you know, the, having the fun and building that 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 experience the overall that you know that you can sit back and talk about that's what it's all about oh yeah and you speak of farming you know here we're we're, you know we're the wheat capital wellington's the wheat capital of the world and yeah it's different type of farming up there (laughs) totally different yeah but it's a you know i've got lots and lots of friends um very close friends that are farmers and it's just a way of life i mean there's you know one of my best friends from high school um He's in he owns an insurance office. He's you know, obviously a you know professional and does all the, all of that, but he just you can't get the farming out of him. You can't get it out of the blood. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just something that they that they want to do. And I I grew up 
you know, in high school and worked on a farm and, you know, it, it's enjoyable work. It's not, it's not easy, but it's, there's something about, about farming that's rewarding. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. Yeah. It's, uh, I do enjoy it. What, what type of farming do you guys have down there? What is your, it's, uh, it's mostly, yeah, it's a different type of farm. Well, we call it farming down here, but it's not really, uh, like agriculture wise. I mean, we do a lot of horse hay for, uh, hay baling stuff like that and then we do a lot of uh a lot of stuff for wildlife like i you know we got um we got we plant a little bit of corn soybeans like uh, everything mostly for the deer and wildlife as well but mostly um having anything ready for you know horse hay doing the baling and all that stuff and then you know getting out all, all the weeds or whatever needs to be done around the farm whether you know cut up trees that's fell down during the storm or um working on roads that's been washed out or just a lot of mostly maintenance yeah. type issues and and uh, stuff like that, but it's a uh, yeah, a lot of wildlife there. We got all, I see turkeys and deer every day, and um, you know, take go squirrel hunt sometimes. And my dogs during season, and most time he'll go. My dog just goes without me, you know, during the off season. But right, he's a uh, you know taking care. I mean, yeah, just doing stuff like that. That's yeah. what I enjoy. I mean, that's you've got. All you know, you got acres, and as a farmer, those are you know, it's not just it's not just putting stuff in the ground or harvesting it out. There's all kinds of other work that oh, leads yeah. up to that, and that's that is just, all encompassing the farming. Yeah, just the just the maintenance on the equipment and stuff like that. I was, and I, I was, I forget. It's like the other day. I was like, it was like a week straight of just working on. I for, I was working on the car. I was working on one of the rangers and I worked on a baler and one of the track and working a, like a replacing a hydraulic on a tractor. And I was like, this place kind of made me a kind of a semi mechanic here. <laughs> yeah. I just, mean, just, uh, doing stuff like that. It's, uh, it's kind of funny all the stuff you learn. Yeah. The, you know, the, the ongoing joke, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it, but you, you get a farmer, a pair of pliers and a, a roll of duct tape and some baling wire and they can fix anything. Oh yeah. That's uh that's funny. We just we I forgot we we lost the washer or something and we tried to we tried to do it with Bell and Wire the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily I mean, we came back and fixed it, but it was a good temporary fix. So. Yeah, you gotta get it to where you can yeah, I mean that's not that's no no shame towards or or, or pun towards a farmer. That's that's yeah. actually a compliment because it's not that it's that they're fixing it that way and then they're just gonna go out and, you know, continue to run the operate the vehicle. It's they're getting it to where they can get it to a place where it can be fixed correctly because yeah. it's not, you know, the best conditions to, to do it out in the field always. And, um, but it's, you know, that you have to have a very mechanically, be, be mechanically inclined in order to, to, to be, you know, on a farm working in agriculture, you know, yeah. farm's kind and of a loose term. And it, and it helped me out with the trick shots as well. It was like learning how to build these little obstacles or build these little throwing machines, just that, you know, that little bit of experience kind of helped me with this. I was absolutely and, getting ready to say that or ask that. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, just messing with stuff like that, like making these spring throwers or like a little thrower that makes throw these little explosive targets or, uh, yeah, I saw that. I haven't watched like that. that video. I saw the, saw the, you know, the, on your YouTube channel and I, for whatever reason I didn't click on it, but I haven't, I want to watch that one. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's just stationary. I'll just try to be funny there. Um, oh, okay. It's a, I, I thought it was pretty funny. So you, so um, the, the one that's on there, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I was just shooting these little discs. They're called a uh, firebird targets. And it's, it's kind of like, um, 
uh, what you call it? What's everybody shoots with the rifles all the time? Oh, the uh, Tannerite. Uh, Tanner. yeah, it's kind of like Tannerite, but you can shoot it with a bow. And uh, they make a pretty loud noise. And uh, it just, I just made a funny video where, it, you know, kind of showed this. It's kind of like a video review, but slash showing it what it could do. And I'd stack one, shoot it, stack two. And then whenever I shot two, it cut to like the whole world explosion, like exploding or something, like stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, just try to, it was just kind of a fun, easy video to make and uh, I enjoyed making them kind of videos. I wish I, I hope to make more. Yeah. So with like regards, that. with regards to the Tannerite, you kind of had talked, you'd, you'd touched base on it right there is, is that the Tannerite, it takes a certain amount of um, volatility in order for it to react and create the explosion. Um, I know they have some for 22s as well as for shotguns. Does that, have you, have you messed that at all with regards to a bow? Is that enough to, to where an arrow will, will make it react no i haven't messed i haven't tried shooting the tanner right i wonder um, i wonder if that's enough of a i don't know what the right word is a disrupt a disruption or whatever to create the the reaction for it to to, to explode yeah i don't yeah i have no clue because there is i know there's different compounds of it um you know we sell it here in the shop and there's there's some that you can actually, you know, you read the label on it and you can shoot it. This one, it'll say this one can be shot with a 22 mm-hmm. or with a um, shotgun. And so I wonder if that'd be kind of cool if you could, uh, if you could shoot Tannerite with an arrow and come up with something. Yeah. And the, it, that, that one, if you, if you stack them, you're not supposed to stack them, but if you stack them, you could, you can get a pretty good blast out. Like I, I did it, I did a pumpkin a while back and it just, I mean, it shot, pumpkins you know 20 yards away yeah well i guess that would that that would be also another thing i mean we think i don't know if you've seen it or not but it's pretty popular out there on social media of the the gentleman shooting the uh old refrigerator and uh, the door comes uh, and he's a good lick away i would say he's you know it's hard to tell from video but i want to say he's probably i don't know 50 or 80 yards maybe 100 yards away from this refrigerator and i don't know how much tannerite they put in there but when they put when he shoots it um he's standing behind these little trees and yeah the door hits a tree the door goes right yeah i mean crazy that yeah yeah it's wild so i guess that would probably i didn't think about that you're shooting with a with an arrow you're not very far away no so you you, maybe you don't want to try the tannerite yeah yeah that's what i was uh thinking don't want to catch anything on fire either (laughs) right yeah that'd be that would be um probably be a little bit too dangerous yeah so so with regards to your trick shots do you do anything distance what's the longest distance you've done i just did my longest distance last friday uh i shot a balloon at 235 yards is that did you do one a long ways away with your behind the back too yeah i do like a hundred yard uh 100 yard like i done that with like the feet behind the back and then using the mirror yeah i've seen that one so you just did one how far away 235 yards and that was with a recurve yeah have you have you released that one yet yeah i just posted that one like yesterday okay so it's out there um so that one you're shooting that one just regular just 235 yards yep just a balloon there that's that's insane that's yeah it's a is a I I done two hundred nineteen like that was the last time I tried something that far, and it was two nineteen. That was like five years ago. Is right when I started the social media, and then I I haven't messed with it since. And then this the uh, this one I wanted to B 
beat that one. And I was shooting, and I was shooting with a fifty. I felt like a, a I was like, I, I just want to see if I could. Hit, I want to hit the balloon. I don't matter what it takes. So it's like I want to hit the balloon. And I was like, I'm just gonna use the fifty because I'm comfortable with it. I can shoot straight. But I had to end up. I was shooting full length arrows. I had to increase my draw by three, three inches just to get a little bit past two. I mean, two nineteen. Get around. I wanted to get around two at least two thirty. So I had to had to switch it up and like pull extremely far back. And it was a it was cool. But it took twelve shots to get that one. That's insane. Twelve shots. And it's windy. It's just a. It, I, the, there's no skill involved. It's just all luck. It's so windy, like it shouldn't work. That's a lie. It, it's a. I see. <laughs> just you could watch that arrow. It's so neat. Watch because it looks like that arrow is just coming straight down. You can see that arrow just coming down crooked like that the whole time with that wind yeah. hitting it. Yeah, we, but you. I'm I'm calling you a liar right here, <laughs> saying in 12 shots, 235 yards. There's just that you, you still know. You still have ex- experience because. I mean, again, somebody who shot compound bows my whole life, I was shooting 12 arrows from 10 yards, and I was happy that I was hitting just the deer, you know, much less. I was I was putting three to five inside of the kill zone at 10 yards, and I was, um, I, I don't know, I was happy. I was, I was happy, but I was also frustrated <laughs> <laughs> because of, of how challenging it is. So for you to go 235 yards, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I mean, I still think it's like it's it's a yeah, it was just mine. wild. My my groups wasn't that great, but it's it worked out. It's a it's yeah, it's fun. It's crazy, but it's uh, but yeah, that's I, I don't do too much long distance. Just uh, you know, when you're talking about trick shots, talk telling somebody about distance sounds impressive, but if you're filming it and you're too far away, people don't know what's going on. Yeah, um, and. Uh, it's hard to do like, and then it's hard to operate some of these moving shots, you know, from a distance. But sometimes when I, I've played around with different stuff and, uh, sometimes the, the distance stuff never met, you can never really film it as good as you can. Some of the close up stuff. And even the, even some stuff, you know, I'm not, sometimes I'm like 20 yards away, but I'll zoom in super close where it almost looks like I'm like just a few feet away mm-hmm. on some of these shots. And some, some of the shots I am a few feet away, but it's, a uh, it's hard to tell the distance because a lot of times I have it zoomed in so I can get, you know, I can make a aspirin look like a ping pong ball on camera so people could actually see it get hit. Yeah. Know? Because sometimes, I mean, especially, you know, we all have phones and big phone stuff, but there's times where, you know, if I'm watching your videos, I'm like, all right, I have to watch it two or three times to see what it is or then look in the description to see what it is because you're shooting something that's so small. That's just, it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just insane. It's tough. Right. It's it's extra, and that's why I kind of made these launchers because hand throwing it sometimes you'll just miss a target, like a, on the camera completely. I remember like a, and that's a lot of times with these shots. Sometimes I'll have to take a few test shots and get everything, make sure it's on camera before I even really start getting into it. It's like a, I remember the first time I shot a BB, I could shoot these hand like a hand throwing BBs and shoot them out of the air, and I, and I shot like thirty of them. Not in a row, but I shot. I made sure I got like thirty successful hits, and then I went back in the camera. And I didn't get any of them on camera. So, so for the listeners out there, you just heard him correctly. He said he was hand throwing a BB and then shooting it, and he shot thirty of them. It's 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 wild how many like how many shots some of these shots take before I get a good one on film. Dylan, how many BBs have you hand thrown and shot? Yeah. But <laughs> Dylan just said today. 
but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not that. It's it's really it's really neat until you try it. It's like I feel like I'm not that good of a shot, but I just trick my mind into making these shots easy for me. And it's almost like the smaller. If you throw, if you throw something small, especially in like a dimly lit area where it doesn't stand out as good, you almost shoot a lot better at that target because it makes you want to focus and concentrate more on that target the whole time. It's kind of it's really weird how that works sometimes. Uh, like that whole what we was talking about earlier, the aim small, miss small is just trying to, I don't know, trying to fool yourself into focusing more, getting in that, trying to figure out how to get in that zone. It's just weird how sometimes like. Uh, you know, stuff works. It's like sometimes you can't hit nothing and all of a sudden you can hit something like 20 times in a row. Yeah, do you have off days? Do I have off days? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the weekends I usually hang out no, with family. No, what I mean off days is like days where you go out and you just, I mean, for lack of better terms, you just can't hit anything. Oh, yeah. Um, I try to stay away from them things, but yeah, I'll do it sometimes. <laughs> um, but I like it. It's, it's humbling. It's a uh, it definitely... It definitely helps me out. Just like, uh, um, just like that, that, uh, I tried that, that 235 shot on Monday and I was just trying to get the distance right. And I had to, if you see on the video, I had everything swapped backwards mm -hmm. and I shot and I, I shot and I figure out, I figure out kind of max distance. That was my max distance is like, and then. I got everything set up and while I was getting everything set up, the wind came and I had a headwind and I could not for the life of me get within everything was falling 10 yards in front of that target. And I couldn't get anything past that just cause of the wind. And I was like, it is just, I, it's kind of one of the things is like, I should have just stopped. I should have just swapped everything around where I had a tailwind. And that's, that's something what I kind of learned is like the tailwind could increase your yardage by just a few, by a few yards as well. Instead of a headwind, could slow that thing down more, yeah. especially when it's at, at that distance. You know that at the end, that arrow is almost vertically when it's sticking in the ground, and that it gets caught, gets a lot of air, a lot of wind will catch up to it, and it'll fall a lot shorter at that distance. It's pretty neat how that works, but yeah, that's well, it's kind of it's funny that you say that because as a as a kid, I can remember I grew up in a real little town, um, mm -hmm. three blocks by three blocks. And my parents, they lived right in the middle of town. And so, um, you know, I was shooting a bow when I was 12. And, you know, kind of like what's similar. And, and honestly, I've said, said before on here, that bow was the slowest bow. It was a compound, so but it was the slowest bow. It was, you know, it was a Hoyt. It was, I mean, we're talking, you know, this was the late 80s. But I got so bored that then I kind of was doing what you were doing, not anywhere near to the same level. But... I got to where I was putting a hula hoop in the farmer's field out on right outside of town, a block and a half away, if you will. And so, and there's nobody around town. I mean, it's a little, little town. And mm -hmm. so I could see down this alley. And so I would shoot my arrows in the air to see. And I think like one time I got one inside of a hula hoop, but I was shooting a compound bow and, and, uh, I was always curious as, you know, how far it would shoot. And so that's what kind of started that is oh, how yeah. far can I shoot this actual bow and it was definitely going considerably farther than than 235 yards, but again, it's a compound bow. Yeah, it's a yeah. That's about the with my bow. That seems about the max. It's like it might go. I shot one maybe like two yards past it. Crazy. And uh, 
And then that, but with a compound, I can shoot plays and it'll go 400 something yards. Right. So you have trick shots with compounds as well. Yeah. I just started, um, I just started back shooting compound, um, last year with the, you know, with bear and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll shoot some with clays and then some stuff is just, uh, it's kind of, I kind of limited to how I can recover my arrows afterwards. So some shots, I don't do too many shots. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I try to set up everything, how I can recover my arrows. A lot of times when I do aerials, I'm shooting up at an angle where it comes down kind of like that 200 something yard shot where it's sticking up out of the ground, easy to pick up, easy to find where I don't have to fletch arrows all day. You're going to have to be, um, you have to extend your range. Most people, you know, their range is 40 yards or 50 yards. And they need to extend it. Yours is 200 yards and you're going to have to extend it. Yeah, not with the not with the comp, uh, not the recurve. I hope to be another five years before I do that again. But no, I'm talking uh, about with when you're shooting your your oh, yeah. your uh, compound. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely I I do want to try like a at least a 300, hopefully 400 yard shot or something with it. How far do you think you could shoot the recurve with your 60 pound? Is it does it make a big difference? If I could go back, I would do it that way, just so I could have the normal anchor point and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think so, but I'm just not. That's a lot of bow for me. Like I, yeah. the 60 pound, I'm more of a snap shooter. And as far as, you know, the long distance, you're kind of holding back and, you know, keeping that thing up back for a while. And, um, I'm, if, if I don't get it in the first amount of tries, I'll blow my shoulders out trying it. Right. I could imagine. So, so you've had, um, you've done some world records too, right? Yep. I think I got three. So far, I, did, I still haven't received them. I did them back in September. I'm still trying to get get the certificates back. So that's that's what's supposed to be on these on this wall. Tell us a little bit about them. <laughs> oh yeah, so I got contacted by a producer from a uh, Dude Perfect, and uh, if, if for some of y'all that don't know, they're uh, trick shot people on mostly. I mean, they, they got famous on YouTube, but they've been around for ten years now, and they're they're pretty famous everywhere. They're, um really popular with the kids and stuff like that. And they uh, invited me out there to do, you know, archery stuff. And um, I was there most, mostly do, you know, trick shots and stuff, but they did bring a adjudicator out there to do, you know, Guinness world records. And so um, we try to do more, but the way like you, tr you try to give them a record and they'll change the rules where it don't work. Like I wanted to do something like most objects curved around at once or something like that. And it was like, uh, all we could do is the longest curve. And then the way you can describe it is like, all you have to do is cover the target and just shoot over it, you know, to hit the target and that considered a curve. So I didn't really want to do that one, but, um, I got three. Um, I, I just, I just really wanted to go get one and just do the rest as trick shots. Um, just do like, you know, shoot plays and do some curving stuff. But, um, the one I wanted to get was, uh, shooting 10 balloons with 10 arrows in one shot like a uh, shooting 10 arrows out of the bow at one, one time to hit 10 balloons. And, and, uh, that's one I wanted to get. Um, I done, I previously done eight before that. And, uh, we did, we did, uh, we did that one with the, with the, well, I did, I tied the record, which was seven and then I did eight and then I did nine and then it did 10. And then, uh, the first, and then the first one, the first record I got was uh, shooting a clay at like 48 miles an hour, the fastest target hit with the arrow. And the, I would have done faster, but you had to be like 30 yards back. Yeah. And it made things way, way more difficult. <laughs> so 
Um, if it was if it was close, you could get something real fast. But as far as that long that that range, you'd really it was, and they had we had an arcing, like an arcing clay tra- uh, like trap thrower. And the thing is, you're leading uh, you're leading that thing so much that you don't know. Like you're shooting, I'm shooting like twenty feet in front of it. Yeah, and then, and that clay is not <clears throat> that clay could either go yeah, you know stay level or go lower or higher. So you're just kind of getting lucky. Boom. So, but I got that. And, uh, let's see that day. And then whenever I was doing the 10 balloons, I done seven, eight, nine. And then one of the twins were trying the fastest to shoot 10 arrows into a target, like indoor range or something like that. I think the previous record is 48. And he was struggling with that one. So they just asked me if I could do it. And then the first attempt, I got 40, even though I missed two arrows. And then we got that record real quick. And then as soon as I got done with that record, we walked over there, walked back over there. And then I got the 10 balloons, 10 arrows immediately after that. And then the rest of the time I done trick shots with other guys doing world records as well. And that's just, that's, that's crazy. (laughs) So when you're saying 10 arrows, is that on target distance? What in the in the forty seconds? Is that what you're? It's just you're shooting like a. It's an indoor range. You're shooting like a. I guess the the indoor recurve circle target. Mm-hmm. It's uh you got to shoot using a quiver at the indoor range or something like that. And I that was honestly for the longest time I didn't shoot to still targets, and that was the first time I shot. And I really wanted to go back and try to do it cleanly where I can get like a good clean clean run. But we already beat the record, and we just kind of just moving on to the next thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, the indoor range, indoor, I forgot what that range is, you, I don't know, maybe 18 meters, 20 yards, something like that, probably. So you, you broke the world record, but you wanted to break it better. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't happy with it because I knew people would beat it. Like I wanted to do it really good. Um, but I wasn't prepared for it or nothing. That's funny. Yeah. I broke a world record, but I want to, I want to break it a little bit better. Yeah, I missed two areas. So I was like, you could do that. We could do that way cleaner. But I don't know. He's kind of on a deadline. Yeah. Well, I imagine that you'll probably have another shot at it at some point. Yeah. I'm going to, I need to just take my time and do it again. But yeah, I never really, that was the first time. I never really used a quiver to like draw, you pick one up and shoot. I, used, I always had like a bucket near me or something. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to go back and try it again. Like, a, but kind of prepare for it, see if I can get, you know, try to cut that close to half or something like that. Do you shoot fingers or tab? Fingers. Did you hear that, Dylan? Shoots fingers. I cannot. I can't get a clean release of the tab. For some reason, I shoot. I, I use gloves, but I shoot two fingers split. So one above, one under. And that's how. Mm-hmm. That's that's how. I just even when I was a little kid, I shot that way. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. Dylan and I always are back and forth with because I'm just getting back into my very first compound bow. I, I used the tab for my compound. I remember that when I was young. Yeah. See, when I was started in archery, I shot three uh, fingers with my compound. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm got this recurve, I talked to Dylan. I was like, well, should I shoot fingers or tab? So he's got me on a tab now and I'm, I guess I'm doing all right. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm considering just trying fingers just so I can rule it out. 
Yeah. But I think it's, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, I think tabs the way to go. Probably. I know you see all these bare bow shooters, you see the Olympic archers, they're using tabs. Right. It's like, there's gotta be a reason why they're using tabs. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then here you are using fingers, but you're doing a little bit different deal. Yeah. It, it helps out a lot of times. Cause most, I mean, for the longest time, I just hand throw targets and hand throwing targets and with a tab it just yeah. doesn't really work out where a glove would help out better. Yeah. But I, I, put, I got me a tab now and I'm, I'm playing around with it. I'm still playing around with like, uh, you know, just different ways of shooting, always playing around like a, it's mostly instinctive. And then I play with the, the whole, um, um, the, the gap shooting and the, we call it split vision shooting. Mm-hmm. No, not split vision. Uh, I think it's called, what is it called? I don't know. Um, I want to say, I want to say, I, I forgot what it's called. Split I, vision, I think. I don't know. I've not, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. What is, describe it. It's like, you're not, you're, you're not using the arrow as a reference, but you're aware of the arrow. I don't know. I'm not gap shooting with it, but I'm looking, I'm aligning it with my eye. So where I'm looking, it's pretty much where it's going to go. If that's what it's really good. It's really good left to right. Like you're, you're getting, you're getting really good groups. Like you're not really missing left to right up and down. You'll, you might do it right, but just having a solid anchor like that. Um, I've been playing around. Like I I just started playing around with a little bit of 3d shooting. Mm-hmm. lately and i've been playing around with different with different uh anchor points and stuff like that very cool well man i greatly appreciate you being on here it uh it, time's flying we've been we've been talking for over an hour now oh, well. and uh, i can't leave can't can't tell you much i appreciate you coming on the pattern string podcast here and um if you want to before we get done here just uh tell all the listeners again where they can find you and and um look you up on social media because man it's it's definitely worth uh taking a look at it it's impressive all right well it's uh james gene trick shots and uh gene as j-e-a-n and uh, i'm everything basically uh mostly on instagram facebook and and uh i do a little bit of tiktok and youtube but trying to trying to do more on the youtube soon hopefully soon yeah yeah, I, I watched. I was on your YouTube channel here um, this weekend looking at stuff. So it's it's impressive. I highly recommend for the listeners out there that, that aren't familiar with him go look him up because it's impressive. He, he's very very talented. And um, again, we want to tell all of our listeners out there we greatly appreciate you. And for those of you that haven't already done so, if you would please go out there and like and subscribe and um, download, comment. Um, we greatly appreciate it. It helps us out immensely with the uh, algorithms and. Uh, in this industry, we're definitely handcuffed, um, being that we're two A. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, James, for being on. And uh, oh, no problem. We'll definitely uh, we'll stay in touch, and and uh, we wish you the absolute best. I I can't wait to see what you're getting ready to put out. I know I know it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That's uh, hopefully hopefully the hopefully we can get some good stuff going on this week if it'll quit raining. It rained all morning, but um, I'm hoping to get some. Cool shots, hopefully soon. Cool. Well, James, thanks again for being on the Powder String podcast. And until next time, we are going to sign out. Powder and String Outfitters, your hometown shop. <laughs> <laughs>